This is Lisa Murkowski, Chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee with Murkowski's Message Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 17th episode of Murkowski's Message. It's Thursday, the 17th of December. Thanks for joining me. I have really been privileged to be the chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee now for for six years. And I've I've had uh, the opportunity to work with some really great colleagues over my time on the committee. And I will have to tell you, you have working partners and you have friends. And my first guest that I had on this podcast, he's not just a, a good friend and an excellent partner, but he's an exceptional leader. And that's my friend and ranking member, Joe Manchin of West Virginia. We've been able to work on not only energy matters, but we've had a pretty busy month working on a COVID emergency relief package. Senator Manchin was was team leader for a group of bipartisan, bicameral lawmakers. And I tell people, I kind of joke, I say, I, I won the ranking member lottery when I got Joe is my co-pilot of ENR a couple of years ago. So, Joe, thank you for being on the podcast yet again. Well, Lisa, thank you for having me. It's always great to talk to all of our friends and, and all of your constituents in Alaska. And I, I just uh, I can't wait to get back up and visit the most beautiful state in the, in, in the world, in the country, for sure. After so, West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> after we're almost heaven and, you know, you're right there with us. <laughs> hey, Lisa, yeah. I think the people, I think you're Listeners ought to know exactly how this all became uh, us getting uh, this uh, place moving again. It was a bipartisan group with a dinner at your house yeah. on November the 17th. That was the official kickoff that we did, and we've worked around the clock ever since. So it was exactly had, a month ago. Mm-hmm. You had eight of us. There was eight yeah. of us there. And we started talking about the election. You remember on the 5th and 6th, we got back mm-hmm. here. And we, we came back and started talking. Something, and, and leadership was just stuck. They weren't talking. They weren't doing anything. So we ju- jumped into action, looked on at the emergencies that were needed and all the things that would expire at the end of the of December, and people would lose their lifelines, and lose their housing, and, and you know their, you know if you don't have food and the necessities of life, if you don't have shelter, and then medicine and all the things that people were hurting so bad in the and the COVID nineteen, yeah, all and, and businesses were closing again because the pandemic has come back just the way the scientists and professionals told us it would with with a vengeance and then we had to go back through that shutdown period again and we needed an emergency and i think what we were able to break the ice is because we looked at it as the emergency not as a do-all end-all it's a big package again and that's where they got stuck so once we unstuck the log jam we should get a bill and i think all of us should be proud because our staffs worked hard but we basically put the glue to it and now they have all the legislative language they should be able to go and get it done because if it hadn't been the work and 600 pages that we put together for a great piece of legislation, they'd have never gotten to it this week. They'd have never gotten it done. Absolutely. But it it, it really speaks, though, to, to what happens when you have lawmakers from both sides of the aisle, um, views and perspectives from all over the country coming together to say, we need to be doing something to make a difference. The people of this country are expecting it. And so we we, we really went out point on, on this COVID emergency relief effort. And I agree with you, you Joe. We would not be in a, in a situation where we're looking to be able to, to wrap something up and, and make 
put this into law before Christmas. This is what people need. This is the hope that they need. And we're going to be able to deliver that to them. And it's because it it started with a bipartisan commitment. And that's what you and I have been doing on the Energy Committee is working together hand in glove. And when when we think about what we've got with this um, with this energy, energy act oh that to 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 vote on um, as part of the omnibus. And what we're talking about here is modernizing and updating our energy policies for the first time in over a dozen years. And you know, you think you think about what that means when you have an updated policy in a in a sector and a space that is as dynamic as the energy sector is. It's it's really been unexcusable. But we, we've been trying, we've been working our hearts out. We had yeah. our American Energy Innovation Act on the floor at the beginning of the year. We got derailed because of an issue that wasn't even jurisdictional to our committee, the HSC. But we worked around that. We stuck with it. And we were able to, to work with our counterparts on the House side to get um, a package through what we call the six-corner process. But working with the ENC Chairman Frank Pallone and his ranking member Greg Walden, the Science Chairwoman Eddie Bernice Johnson, and Science Ranking Member Frank Lucas, um, great efforts by our team. And I, before you got on the call, I was thinking your your staff director there, uh, Renee, working with Brian mm-hmm. Hughes and all of our team. But you know, it's really quite extraordinary when you think we we. We got stalled out on this bill so many times. We're now poised to deliver energy updates, modernization, advanced nuclear, CCUS, energy storage, critical minerals, renewables. Um, and, and it came because of good partnering and the tone that you and I set early on. So I well, want to thank you for what you've done. Oh, well, let me tell you, Lisa, what I think makes a big difference. You and I have. You've been around the Senate more than I have been a little longer, <clears throat> but I think our time uh, has been observing uh, why some committees work much better than other committees. And all you have to do is look at the relationships the two chairman and ranking member have. If there's a genuine friendship and trust, and you know that everyone's got everyone's back and no one's trying to play the I gotcha moment, waiting for some way to embarrass somebody else, or play the hardcore political that we see played here every day, just political posturing and that tribal mentality. And the beauty of our committee, why it gelled so well, they knew that we were just close personal friends. We liked each other, we trusted each other, and we weren't going to let anything happen that would embarrass the other person or not get something accomplished that we all agreed on. So when the committee staff sees that, and we were meeting, as you know, we met in your office every week, and we would meet and said, have all our staff around, they knew the relationship, they knew they couldn't be saying one thing and you and I are agreeing in something else and we wouldn't draw, catch them at it, draw them out on it. Mm-hmm. So I think once we set the tone, it basically, there was no reason at all we couldn't pass anything that we thought needed to be done for the betterment of our country and our state, but also in a way that everyone had input. The amendment process in our committee was the same as was it when I was in the legislature in, in West Virginia. I mean, you everything. There was no to where just the leadership took control of everything and passed everything. Uh, the leadership was just almost like a traffic cop. It was the it was the the committees that did all the heavy lifting and brought everything to the floor. And we need to get back to that here. And we've seen that. And and, and I think we were the most productive 
in this past Congress, our committee, uh, Natural Resources and Energy, has been the most productive committee in Washington. I think so. I think so. You know, you, yeah. you talk about the tone, too. If you'll recall, back in, in March of 2019, so we had just, uh, we just started working together as, as chair and ranking, and, and we set the tone for the committee with that op-ed that we placed mm-hmm. in the Washington Post when we were talking about the vision and the process and, and what we would do, uh, we kind mm-hmm. of surprised folks by uh, <laughs> saying, hey, we want to focus on climate because we think that that's important. And that disarmed a lot of people because they're like, wait, you got a guy from a coal state and a woman from an oil state and they're talking about climate change. They were scared to death, weren't they? They were. I mean, they heard that I was going to be your ranking member and they said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And I think if anything, we have worked and done more for the climate and, and, and enhancing a uh, better climate for all of us and doing so with innovation. That's all. We we took a practicable, reasonable approach, which is global climate, not just Alaska climate or West Virginia climate or North American climate. What can we do with innovation, bringing on new technology to clean up all the different types of sources of energy that's being used and consumed around the world in the cleanest fashion possible? And that was a very practical approach. I said, we've got to innovate. You can't just get to a clean environment by eliminating because you won't have an economy that will sustain it. So I'm so proud that working with you, we were able to achieve a practical approach and and, and set the tone for for the 21st century. That's what we did. Well, and as you point out, it's pragmatic. There are a lot who say, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in the ground. We need to to immediately move to 100% renewables. It needs to be wind. It needs to be solar. It needs to be whatever it is out there. And it has to be practical, pragmatic, and affordable. It has, we have to, we, we're going to build out our technologies, absolutely. But we've got to recognize that the world is going to continue to need and use carbon-based resources for a period of time. So let's figure out how we're doing that responsibly, how we're capturing the, the carbon, how we're utilizing it, how we're dealing with our emissions. And, and I think this was, this was the approach that we took. You, you also mentioned us being the most productive committee out there in this Congress. And when you think about, think about how we began um, the, the Congress, the start of 2019, we entered in with a huge lands package, more than 120 bills that we were able to pass out. Uh, this was the Dingle Act. And you know they said significant, well, no, we had the lands bill, then we had the Dingle Act. Um, we had the Great American Outdoors. And well, no, we had, we had land and water conservation it. authorization first, you remember? Right. Then, right. back to back, back to back, with the Great American Outdoors Act, putting two major pieces of legislation together, Save Our Parks and LWCF, all in the one major, major piece of legislation. I think that piece of legislation will have more impact in the next 50 years plus than anything has been done for the last 50 years. Within energy and natural resources, it says it within the title. We've got the natural resources side of things, the, 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 the land, um, but we also have the, the energy side. And so we've, we've done some really strong work, I think, with our public lands bills, with our water bills, with our um, with our conservation bills, as you point out, with LWCF and, and the Great American Outdoors and what we'll be able to do with our parks and our 
our, our, our public lands forest service and BLM, but, but we've, we've kind of lagged on the energy side. And so that's why this energy act of 2020 is so significant that we're going to be able to, to finally see some updates in our, in our energy policies and, and what more we're going to be able to do with grid modernization and storage and, and, and CCUS and the technologies that we are helping to insist. So we've got, you know, I, I'm one of those that I, I don't like going around and, and, and bragging, but we've got some bragging rights here, Joe, with what our yeah. committee and what we have been able to do with, with extraordinary people working with us to, to really, um, really do some good things for the country when it comes to energy and to our public lands and natural resources. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, uh, Lisa. And, and I want the people in Alaska to know how well our committee is thought about because there's more people like to get bills in our committee because they know they'll get them out if it's a good bill. They know that we'll improve them and correct them if it needs to be, but they'll get a fair shake. The same way with hearings for uh, confirmations. We all, both of you, uh, both you and me both, fight to make sure president, whoever that president may be, President Trump brings a person up there that he thinks needs to be in this administration or helping government, we're going to fight to get them a hearing. They need a hearing and they need a vote up or down. If there's a problem, we'll let them know. And I think that's the way committees are supposed to work. But it's been, uh, it's really been a, a good, good opportunity for both of us to understand maybe helping our, co- our colleagues and other committees when we sell on other committees ourselves thinking, how come they don't operate like we do? Why can't, why can't they get things done? And you start looking at it, they just don't really trust each other, like each other's like we do. So that makes the difference. The relationship makes all the difference here. Relationship makes a difference. I'm so thankful that uh, you took time to, to visit Alaska last year. You came up to the slope. You went out to yes. Chena Hot Springs. You've been there. I've had an opportunity at your invitation to come see the the energy assets in West Virginia. You took me all over your state and, mm-hmm. and showed me that you've got a little bit of everything. So you truly do. do believe in the all of the above energy policy because you have that, as you say, in little West, little West Virginia. But I think it's, no. it's understanding where we come from, respecting where we come from, and then committing to one another to, to building good things to make it happen. And that's where we've made a difference. Well, so we're going to continue to do good things. And uh, as, as, uh, as you know, I'm termed out uh, with my... My seniority, I've served six years as ranking and now six years as chairman. And so I, I can't uh, either hold the gavel or, or be that ranking partner, but know that I will always be your partner on energy matters and, and anything else that you're trying to do that is good and well, bipartisan. You'll, you'll still be on the committee and no one has more knowledge still, than you or experience. Yeah. So you're staying right there and helping us, I can assure you. I'm still going to be on the committee. I will still have that seniority. We're going to have. Uh, a great Westerner, John Barrasso, who's going to be uh, uh, sitting in that most senior spot. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere on energy issues, and and look forward to continuing our great, our great working relationship. Just continuing to do good things for for everybody out there. So yeah. we're 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 kind of up on our time. We've got a, a vote going on, um, but Senator Manchin, I want to thank you for for helping me begin 
this year of Murkowski's Message podcast and now helping to close it out. But more importantly, for your friendship, your leadership, and and your commitment to just good, strong policy. Um, let me just tell center. you what. Well, let me just tell you what a pleasure it has been, and it'll continue to be with our friendship and our relationships with all of our families. But we're going to continue to do everything we can to make sure that Alaska prospers. They know who Alaska is. I can assure every Alaskan with Lisa Murkowski at the helm, you are represented so well, and I'm so proud to be part of that. And she's helped me in West Virginia, and she she can always count on me in helping in Alaska. So we wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to each and every one of you. Be safe. Thank you, Senator Manchin. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.